Welcome back to another weekly roundup of Football Kit News with episode 60 of They Think It's All Over. Yes, welcome back, listener. I'm Adrian Football Show Talia, and this is episode 60 of They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show. Who's joining me this week? I'm Mike at Footy Shirts. I'm Tom at Shirt Fan. And Scott at Flying Spy. So, guys, after last week when we looked at birthdays and whose birthday it was, I thought I'd try and do a little link for number 60. I thought, let's have a look who's got 60 England caps. As in bang on 60, or I'm guessing you're not saying 60. Bang on 60. I'll, I'll, I'll have a guess. Emil Heskey. Gareth Barry. Come on, Scott. This must be a specialist subject. <laughs> um, Harry Maguire. The answer is nobody. Nobody has got 60 England caps. So I thought, do you know what? We've got Wales as a feature. Let's go and see who's got 60 Wales caps. Do you know who's got 60 caps for Wales? Johnny um, Williams. I was going to I don't know anyone who plays in League Two. Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> nobody has got 60 Wales caps. You've got Robert Earnshaw on 59. You've got the famous Cliff Jones and Barry Horn on 59 and Terry Yorick, but nobody's got 60. So I thought, okay, Scott's on the podcast. Who's got 60 Scotland caps? Any guesses? Scott Brown. Ali McCoyst. <laughs> Colin Hendry. Nobody's got 60 Scotland oh. caps. What's like? Andrew Robinson's 61. John Collins, 58. Nobody's got 60. So the plan went to went to pot, really. I've, you know, I can go through Italy. We've got, uh, oh, Gianni Rivera and Dino Baggio. That's strong. 60 Italy caps. That's not bad, is it? Good company. How about Argentina? Who might have 60 Argentinian caps? Colatini. I don't know, actually. I didn't actually look. So yeah, it could be, it could be um, Anyway, yeah. So that really scuppered this week's intro. But um, what's everybody been up to this week anyway? Not really. I did get a good shirt through, though. I got that shirt through from Granny's, the uh, the Japanese shirt that I bought, which uh, I, I put on Twitter. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. It's definitely sparked desire to start a mini collection of that template that I have found out the name of since, actually. So for anybody that's interested in the geekier side of things, that template is called the World Cup EQT. Thanks to uh, Chester, the Sustainable R, for that one. Is that the shittest template of the 90s, Mike? Is that the one you're talking about? Apparently so, yeah. what One gentleman said, in fact, it wasn't just the shittest template of the 90s. He said it was the shittest template of all time, which, considering those Puma templates, we know is utter bollocks. The only mistake in that sentence is when you call them a gentleman. <laughs> oh, he might be a listener. Can't be horrible to him. Um, Mike, have you seen the Liverpool version of that template? Yeah. Our friend of the pod, Adam, likes to remind me that, of the existence of those every time I mention the template. And as I tell him, I probably won't be buying those. Well, we, and we've had that discussion before with a previous guest, haven't we, that collected a certain template and bought one of their biggest rivals to, to complete the collection. I don't think I could do it. It, it, is, a diff- it is a difficult one. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think if, if I went all out and I really did chase down every single version of that shirt I could find, they would never be top of my list. But if they came up cheap enough, I, I, might, I might grab them. But I don't think I'm ever going to get 
enough to the point where I think, oh, if I get them, I'm completing it because I'm not doing that. I just, I mainly want to get some of the, the sort of the more iconic ones like the Romanias and the Bulgarias, which are difficult to find, but I'm going to have a go at it. And then even some of the sort of like easier ones like the Kaiserslautern and stuff, which I like, but yeah, just as, as much as, I'll be honest with you as well, that Liverpool away one, I actually think that's one of the best versions of that template as well, but yeah, still not going to be up on the list of ones to buy. Scott's shaking his head furiously at that. Fair enough, fair enough. Tom, how about you? What have you been up to this week? I um, read that you'd cancelled Soccer AM. Yeah, it was bringing Scott along the other week. They decided that it started to get a bit too sweary, a bit too alcohol fueled, so they've decided to cancel. And just on that note, um, we are happy to replace Scott if Jimmy Bullard needs another gig, because I think he'd probably he'd slot in quite nicely on here, so Scott, we like you, but if, if Jimmy, if you wanna you wanna come in, just let us know. Hey, I'm your equality member here. If you get rid of me, <laughs> oh shit, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> check a whole host of boxes there, Scott. So um, you're definitely safe. Right, that's enough uh, chitter chatter. Let's move on to this week's news. Quite a bit in the news this week. We've had international week and um, some international kit releases ahead of the Women's World Cup next summer. Yeah, we have. So we had a similar drop, obviously, a couple of years ago for the Euros when the women mostly got bespoke shirts for the Euros. And Adidas have done it again. They're a little different this time. Um, They're all along the same kind of lines. We kind of have got an idea of the inspirations, but I'm just more going to talk about the the teams that they've supplied first. So obviously we've got Japan, Spain, Germany, Colombia, Sweden and Argentina. Uh, And then Jamaica and Italy also got shirts, but they've obviously kept the same shirts, uh, same away shirts as the men's team. But the shirts, they are good. I think there's there's a couple in particular that stick out for me. The best of the bunch is Japan by a long, long way. It's a stunning colorway. And for anybody that's interested, apparently the official inspiration for that one is the, the beautiful pink sunrise at Mount Fuji, which which is lovely. Um, you guys all seen them? Got any particular favorites? I think the Spain is the one that stands out the most just because it's so bizarre. I think it's, it's the one with a floral pattern on it. it. It does look like the football girls creations, one of her bespoke offerings um I have to admit I'm not a fan of any of these but one thing I do want to ask the authentic versions as well are only available in women's fit and I just wonder why they've done that when you can buy a male fit in the in the stadium version and with men's shirts you can get women's versions authentic but why not men's authentic version seems like a slightly strange decision it is a strange decision just just to let you know tom the inspiration behind that shirt is actually the coral reefs found around spain's coastlines so there you go it is it is weird with the the shirts especially the not having the authentic fit for the men and just for anybody out there who's contemplating trying it in the women's it does not work. You do not have a woman's body. It will not fit you properly. So don't waste your money by just going up a couple of sizes. It doesn't work. I quite like the Germany away shirt, Mike. You like the Germany? The Germany away. See, weirdly, I love Germany shirts. That's my least favourite of this women's drop. Not sure why. Just just couldn't quite get into it. But do you want to know the inspiration behind that one then? I'm guessing you do. I do, yeah. So that is woodland inspired and specifically the Black Forest of Z- Zauberwald. 
I would never have guessed that with a green shirt covered in trees and branches. But... <laughs> I have to admit, I'm with Tom on these. I'm not that fussed. I think it's cool that they're getting bespoke designs and they seem to have a lot more creative freedom for some reason than the men's kits do. Um, if I had to pick one, I, quite, I mean, I quite like bright colored things. So I, I quite like the Columbia away. I thought that was, although I'll be interested to see if it's got a plain back or not. Because if you notice a lot of the promo shots, you didn't see the back of any of the shirts apart from the Spain one. I do like that Columbia one a lot, actually. I, I did say I think that Japan's the, the pick of the bunch for me, but I think the Columbia is up there as well. And I've done the research, so I may as well tell you what the inspiration behind the Columbia was. So it's actually inspired by the, the Cano Cristales River, which is the, often referred to as the River of Five Colours. So that's where, where that comes from. Very interesting stuff, Mike. Very interesting. And we had uh, some of the men's internationals this week as well with Euro qualifying kicking off. A few of the teams got off to absolute flyers, uh, didn't they, Scott? And um, we saw some new kits. Yes, we did. Big shout out to England for their first win since 1964 in Italy. So that knocked out Italy's first uh, outing in the new home shirt, which I really like. And we saw the Scotland, the, the very hyped up Scotland 150th anniversary shirt that obviously not many people were listening to my rant last week because they sold out within less than an hour and they were all on eBay for three, four times the price. And I think JD got a bit of a hammering on social media, but it was a really, really lovely kit. And I think to see it on the pitch was great. And one of the best touches was they didn't put the number on the front, just like the old school ways. One point, did anybody notice the colour of the socks? Did anybody watch the highlights? I, I loved the socks. Bright, bright red. I thought they were incredible. However, I did see a tweet from uh, Scottish Football Kits Mark II. He made a point that this is the going back to the yeah, the foundation of Scotland kit. And the red socks didn't appear on a Scotland kit until 1954. He wasn't happy yeah. with him. And you're completely right. That is so he, he was a little bit perturbed considering the shirt is a throwback to the eighteen seventy-three kit and they threw red socks on that they didn't have. But the main thing was we were playing Cyprus, so we actually won the game. So it was nice to see them win. And then yeah, finally to another um nation close to home, the Ireland kit was worn uh, in a three two victory over Latvia in a friendly. And that was another kit that had caused a little bit of controversy, but for a different reason, Mike, when we're speaking about Castore last week. Yeah, I think t- two things I just got to quickly say before anybody else corrects you, Scott. That was actually the first time England have won in Italy since 1961. Uh-huh. So, yeah, ju- just because we know what pe- people like to point out our mistakes. But secondly, the fact yeah. I got the right decade, considering I don't give a fuck. I thought <laughs> you did well. You did well. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Interestingly, I think it was just last week's pod we were talking about Castore and how they don't template. Then this island shirt has come along, and it would appear that they've taken uh, an old Rangers shirt and essentially recycled it. Therefore, templating is that right? Yeah, that is correct. And there was a few, as you can imagine, there was a bit of huffing and puffing going on about um, said template being borrowed from the blue side of Glasgow. But a lot yeah, of people got very angry. They did. They did get very heated. And again, I, I don't really give a fuck about them. So I didn't bookmark the tweet, unfortunately. But there was 
a very useful, um, I believe he was a Rangers fan, and he tweeted that it's actually been done loads of times before. Um, I think most mostly by was it Umbro, and he had he had several examples, and it's actually not the first time. And I mean, we all know we've discussed it on the pod too. You know, they've all shared sponsors before, and so it's not the first time there's been a link between the the two clubs due to branding issues. And I think, uh, yeah, I think everybody got over it in the end, didn't they? Just a quick one, little tidbit of information. I figured out. Well, I didn't figure it out. I found out the other day. Scott, uh, Steve Clark just been at Scotland for four years now. Do you know who the top scoring player for him has been in that four years? I do. Oh, is it McGinn? Yeah, fifteen goals. Yeah, which is insane because he's not a player I consider to be a goal scorer. Well, wasn't Mike? Wasn't you got to know about? Well, you got to know the yeah, stats, Mike. To be to be honest with you, it's it's easy to say a lot of people don't know about McGinn if they don't watch Villa, but that's not a slight because obviously. It's like me, I don't watch Chelsea every week, so you know I don't know who, who your best players are. But the thing with, with McGinn at Villa is he's been a little bit off the boil, uh, particularly under the Gerrard sort of like era, but he's just coming back into his own now. But I mean, particularly in the Championship, he scored an awful lot of goals. He, he scored important goals for us as well. He scored incredible... I don't know if anybody's ever, anybody's ever seen the volley he scored against Sheffield Wednesday. It's literally one of the best goals you'll ever see. He is a good attacking goal scoring midfielder and in fact I think he might have even scored Villa's first goal back in the Premier League against Spurs but yeah I, I do understand why people wouldn't see him as a as a as a goal scoring midfielder but I guess the thing is he's playing in a slightly different role for Scotland so he's given a little bit more freedom to bring that attacking play out where he's got a bit more defensive responsibility for Villa. Did you watch his post-match interview after the game? So it's his it's his first goal in 22 for Scotland, I believe. And he was he said on camera that he's going to get shit when he goes back to Birmingham because he's not scored in 46 for Villa or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you, just, just before we move on from again, have you boys ever heard about the little spat he had with Sean Dyche? Basically, Villa were playing Burnley, something happened, and McGinn told Dyche to shut up. And Dyche said to him, You've been in the Prem one year and you think you're big time now telling me to shut up. At which point McGinn said to him, you've been in the Prem for six years and you're still wearing that shit coat, you big prick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there we go. I think that wraps up that part of it. But um, maybe McGinn, maybe we're looking over the fact that he's been off form because he's been having to play in a Castoria shirt for the last last nine months or so. And um, that links into our final bit of news, doesn't it, Tom? Yeah, just worth mentioning, there was a really interesting article. I don't know if anyone saw it on The Athletic, if you're a subscriber. But Liam Toomey, he actually sat down with the co-founder of Castori, Tom Behan. Of course, one of the one half of the two brothers that founded the company. Just interesting little insight into the kit manufacturing world and Castori's place in this as a, as a new brand. And a couple of little things I picked out that I thought were worth mentioning. So Tom, this co-founder, he said that they'd massively underestimated this market at first and Rangers was probably their first big coup in terms of a club signing on to them and for them manufacturing the sportswear and the kit of Rangers and he said you know we put a healthy order of merchandise in to to distribute for Rangers over the season and he said it sold out in a matter of hours and they had a huge panic because they hugely underestimated just how popular these shirts would be for a fan base like Rangers 
And there's a couple of other little interesting things. So he said in their first year of operating, they sold over 5 million units of stock. Of course, they've picked up on a lot more clubs in the last year. And for this season, they've got a lot more clubs working with them. And so far, they've sold 12 million units of stock, which is just interesting in terms of how much, uh, how many shirts are sold over the course of a season. Uh, but he does say some interesting things about why these clubs are signing on with Castor. And he says a lot of it, he's found, is because certain clubs have felt they've been neglected by the big brands. And Castore can offer them a bespoke service and a lot more input into the designs. And that has convinced a lot of clubs to sign with them. And another thing he said, which is interesting, is just about how they incentivize these partners to come on board with them. So essentially, when a club signs up with a manufacturer, the club can typically expect to take 10 and 15 percent of the revenue, whilst the rest of the revenue goes to the manufacturer. But Castore do that differently. They incentivize what revenue a club can earn through their stock. So the more stock is sold, the more the club can earn from the from the from the deal with with Castori. so just interesting how they've kind of broken into that market how they've kind of lured some clubs to work with and just a little bit of interest about why they've had some kind of high profile fuck-ups for want of a better word and he actually explains this and says he doesn't feel like there's been high profile fuck-ups they do exactly the same as all the other manufacturers because they're the new boys on the block they get a lot more criticism than they deserve but yeah interesting article definitely worth a read yeah, it's a very interesting read. And um, yeah, we're always very balanced here. At they think it's all over. And yeah, we love to see Castore doing such a good job. But seriously, it is, it is hard to to grow at the pace they have. And yeah, you mentioned the number of units that they've sold from year to year. That's really rapid expansion. So, you know, it's, it's always going to be a case that they're going to have problems, teething issues and, and training issues of staff and trying to get quality control, right? So I completely understand that. Not sure I swallowed the fact that they have exactly the same amount of uh, mishaps as other brands, but but maybe that's just me. No, I was going to agree with you there. There's, you can't fucking be defending an upside-down badge in a Premier League game as not a high-profile fuck-up. I mean, come on. But they, sounds like they're here to stay, Tom. So, um, yeah, let's see how they do over the next, uh, next few years. They'll probably last longer than us. I think that wraps up this week's news. What have we got coming up as a special feature this week? So it was a really good chat. It was just me, me and Scott, and we were joined by Gav Murphy, who a lot of people might know from IGN and RKG. He's a big gamer, big gaming YouTuber, also does a lot of stuff for the BBC and other outlets talking about games and tech and electronics. But he's a huge Wales fan, travelled to Qatar, and he's a famous part of the Red Wall. So we had a really good chat with him. So today, an Englishman, a Scotsman and a Welshman are here. And this isn't the start of a crappy joke that your dad would say, because (laughs) we are doing a Gareth Bale career in kits special with, I did practice this before I came on, Kim Rugav, Gav Murphy. Yeah, like Camarok Gav is what it is. Like, that's pretty good. Like, but uh, yeah, I'll take any, anyone who makes any effort to speak Welsh, I'm into, so. Like even if you get it wrong, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's great, great, that's good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. So, Gav, obviously, you're a big component of the Red Wall, but people might know you a bit more from what you do with RKG. Do you perhaps want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about? Yeah, that? yeah sure. Yeah. So we basically, um, I, I uh, co-founded a channel on YouTube and uh, like a company called RKG. 
with two of my best friends. And we used to work at a company called IGN together. And we started making a show basically about two friends helping another friend through hard games like we started using we started playing things like uh dark souls that's the thing that we sort of got known for and then we moved on to like dark souls free bloodborne like notoriously hard games basically um and like ign didn't really have a series like that that it had because it, it developed a really lovely following um, like I think our first ever video is on like 650,000 views on um, IGN's YouTube, which for that type of video, which is like a long form let's play is kind of what we call it, which is just free people playing video games, really. Um, for that kind of thing, they've never really seen before. So this amazing community sort of spread around what we were doing. And we sort of we did it for a few years there. And then I think we kind of we had to do it as well as doing like our main jobs. Um, and after a bit, we were like, man, we should really try this ourselves, I think. Um, so we sort of split off, uh, start our own company called RKG, start our own channel on YouTube, and uh, then launched a Patreon. Yeah, it's it's an incredible thing to do. And, and like I'm, I'm also incredibly lucky that I get to do it uh, with two of my best mates as well, which is great. I wish I could say the same about the guys I do this podcast with, but we hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> We're also not entertaining enough to be paid. <laughs> that's true that's true um genuinely though rkg is one of the only channels that i do subscribe to on youtube so please people go and check it out i'm a big fan of the the let's plays i love the hitman videos that you guys do the retry yeah thanks man um but also i just want to quickly touch on before we go on to one world champion who we're here to talk about but you guys tried to become world champions at a niche school didn't you we did, yeah. We we tried to become world champions at a tabletop game we'd never heard of um, called Clask, which is uh, this game made by a Danish carpenter. Uh, and it's it's one of the coolest tabletop games ever. It's kind of like a sort of a mix between, I guess, like Subutio and Air Hockey, um, but with magnets. And it's it's one of the it's it's such a good game it's incredibly competitive and the people who play are amazing and there's a really cool community of people who who play it and every year they have a world championships um and so basically like we we i'm i'm decent at table football like i used to work at a job in sports where in the off in the office we had a table football and it was a 14 hour shift which involved about 7 hours of work so like I I got pretty decent at table football um, over like the few years that I worked there. So I, I we worked out between the three of us on RKG that I was just about the best, but like very small margins. Um, and then, yeah, I basically, we went all the way to the world championships uh, and I played the world champion like minutes after he won the world championship as well, which he was not fucking happy about. Uh, <laughs> it's like, even though it's like a, you know, I would say it's like a pub game, you know, even though the people do take it really, really seriously. And people come from over the world, man, um, to play in those world championships. And uh, yeah, he won and then immediately had to play me. And I think th- they'd sort of sold it to him like, oh, this is going to be a walkover. And it, uh, sensibly it was really, but um, I scored two goals against him. And it was really, really funny to see his face when I scored both goals because he really, really didn't like it. But I mean, like, he was an absolute gent about it. But like, yeah, it was it was pretty fucking cool, man. Like I came out, I think I wore a kit for it as well. Like That was probably the heaviest that I've been as well for a few years because we just launched our first company, realized that we could drink every day. 
um <laughs> and that's not good so yeah i think i'm wearing the the rugby the wales rugby world cup um kit in the videos and it, it, yeah it does not look good it's a side profile side angle camera angle of me <laughs> playing the world champion is not kind is not kind at all but uh, you know it came out to like the welsh national anthem and stuff like that which is probably the only time i'll ever be able to do that um which is kind of cool i technically represented wales at clask um, even though there'd be a lot of people who would argue that isn't true. This is how I should have built this pod. We're, we're with the Welsh, yeah. with, with the Gareth Bale of Clask. That's what we're, who we're with. <laughs> oh man, I'm taking that 100%. <laughs> so we'll get on to the main reason we are here then. You're a big follower of the Welsh national football team. And Gareth Bale, of course, famously said even that... To play for Wales is to play for the shirt and the dragon. And to wear that red shirt makes him feel 10 feet tall. So we're going to talk a little bit about Gareth Bell's career in kits. Of course, now the great man is retired. First of all, Gav, how does it feel now he's gone? Like, it's one of those things where obviously it's a blow. Um, But at the same time, I don't know, the Welsh man inside me can't help but feel excited as well like i'm like i was looking at our team the other day for the weekend like we're recording this just before our croatia game i was looking at the team going like that's a good team man like that is a really really good team and like i i don't know i'd feel like it it, as well obviously i mean it's gareth bale he's one of the best players ever like and and i feel like for him to have i've said this before but it's like there was times you know during like 20 euro 2016 and and like leading up to that where I generally would like get stressed that he that like about think just thinking about all the things that had to happen for him to be born Welsh and like just how lucky we were to have that um for the amount of years that we did as well you know and like it like it was just incredible and I feel like to have him play in I feel like I mean, I would really hope that all the stories about him playing for Wales are true. And like, there's no ego. He'll go in and, you know, he'll speak to the young guys. And he's literally, it's not like Gareth Bale, the superstars playing with you. He is just another guy who is playing for Wales amongst a team of people who love playing for Wales. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I think most Welsh people will say they're like, they're Welsh fans. Like most Welsh football players will say that they're Welsh fans. Um but and then first, and then Welsh player second, and I and I do generally feel like it with him. Like oh, it was an obvious blow when we did it, and I think like to go out of the World Cup like we did was obviously quite sad. But I just think even the build up, man. I generally think like the build up to go into the World Cup after the Austria game was the be- was one of the best times. Like obviously you were twenty sixteen, it's his own thing and stuff like that. But like one of the best times I, I feel like I've ever had as a Welsh fan was just after well, the day of the Austria game, which was essentially our semi-finals against the World Cup. Um, and then, yeah, the de- the day of the game was just incredible. Like he obviously just scored like that ridiculous free kick, which I watch. I mean, like, but what's, yeah, like about, maybe I watch it about 10 times a week. Easy. And like, I just watch it and just burst out laughing still because I just think like the audacity to st- stand up and score that goal when we needed to score. It's just like, I, I piss myself laughing watching it. It's Bale! Just magic! That's like, what I think the, you'll on... miss. Because yeah. even though, and, and you're right, because Wales, for the last few years, they have been a good team. And you've had players that have played at a high level that come mm. together. And you're 
you're no longer this small nation that people don't don't fear. But mm-hmm. I think losing Bale, you lose that. Your back's against the wall. It's nil nil. The other team yeah. think they have it, and then just from thirty yards, you'll just smash it into the top corner, and then everybody's like, "Oh, fuck. we've just lost the bail again," because <laughs> yeah. he just has that. You know, he has that in him. It doesn't matter how good your strikers are playing; everybody's worried exactly, about yeah. bail just blasting it in from miles out. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like, we obviously are going to miss that, and I'm definitely going to miss watching it as a fan as well. Because, like, I, just before so many of moments like that where. Like is it like when I go back home, like I sound I sound Welsh all the time, but when I go back home, I obviously start dropping consonants left, right, and center, and and um, start dropping vowels as well. And like I don't say imagine, I say imagine. Like where I'm from, people say imagine, not imagine. And I remember just standing next before that Austria goal, man. I was standing next to my friend Toby, and Toby was like, we've obviously just been on the pop all day as well. And Toby, Toby was just like, fucking. Imagine he scores this, but imagine he scores this. And then he did it. I mean, it's like <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, like obviously that he, from those moments, like he, he could just create those moments from nothing, it seemed like. So we definitely will miss that. I mean, he's been unbelievable, even as a, a an Englishman and obviously an English football fan. Gareth Bell, he, he's just an icon, I think, in, in just general football terms. And I've, I know you're not meant to admit this with like, you know, home nation rivalry, but I've always been a bit of a, a secret fan of Wales, especially with him in the team, because mm. it's that fairy tale stuff, you know, but just taking it back. So he made his debut in 2006 when he was 16. Mm. And of course, he the first Welsh shirt that he wore was the yellow away shirt yes. made by Kappa, yellow and green. What, what are your memories of those yeah. Kappa shirts? I've, so you asked me to pick my my favorite kit. So I've, I've obviously done like a short list, but that 2006, the red home to like I, I'm a massive fan of all the Adidas stuff, and I hope we keep Adidas forever. Um, but that 2006 home and away kit, as like the home kit is just stunning. I think it's so clean, and I I, th- I love the collars on both the home and away kit as well, which are just ridiculous sized. Um, but I think that that's the cool thing. Like red and white looks amazing together, but for you know, yellow and green it shouldn't look that good. Um, I've got that, but I look terrible in it, so there's just no way that I can wear it. <laughs> like, I've got both of those kits. I look all right in the red one if I put a vest on or something like that. But like, yeah, that that yeah that yellow one. I don't know what I look like. I, I've never actually worn that outside the house. Yeah, the only I was saying before we started recording, the only Welsh kit I've ever had was the two thousand and two, two thousand and four home, which was right. the red, the red cap with a white uh, mesh on under the right. arms. And to be fair, back in two thousand and two, I thought I looked pretty good wearing it, running around playing fives. But my my body does not suit it anymore. I think it was a medium, so that shows you what size I was back in two thousand and two. Oh wow, that's amazing! Well, just to be fair, just after that is when we had—I—I I, I think is comfortably one of our worst shirts, which is like, or just before that, I think it was it, like we our third shirt was also was the Kappa one, and it's like a blue and yellow shirt. It looks like fucking Lego. Like it's absolutely yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like it's absolutely disgusting. Um, but yeah, like Kappa's always been like, like lots of people really, really love like a lot of our Umbro stuff, which I, I am a big fan of, but I do have a secret. I don't know. Just, it, it felt really, it felt like having Kappa as our kit was like, 
having like a Poundland sponsor because I don't think Kappa were at the height of their uh, yeah. thing. It's like at that, at that point, but it just felt like, it was like if you got Kappa, that's that's fucking weirdly retro in the two thousands. <laughs> My my favorite whale shirt is that twenty sixteen away the the black yeah. and gray with the luminous stripes that that was an absolute beauty. That's one of your favorite. That's one of my worst shirts. I think I fucking. Oh really? So oh, there you go from the neutral. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> but again, it's mostly because I, I've basically been like sixteen stone my entire life, and having you know having stripes that go uh, horizontal are not my friends. So. <laughs> You go to, to see whales home and away quite a bit. Do you mm. see many of those Kappa shirts on the terraces? Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I think it's a really hard thing, like, recently, where <clears throat> there's been so many, there's a lot of really, really bad uh, replicas. Like, I know you guys know this loads, but it's like there's a, there's some really, really awful ones knocking about, particularly of, like, not so much the um, the Kappa stuff, which does happen, because you, but it, you can still sort of get those like fairly easily the one but that the ones that you sort of see loads of is that um our 1990 umbro away which is like the white with the blue and red sort of arrows along the top which everybody absolutely loves there are some absolute horror show uh fakes of those about and <laughs> um, um, like i've got one of them and like and it's absolutely disgusting and it basically it feels like if you were anywhere near like a firework or a sparkler on uh on on any time you're going up because it <laughs> feels like it's just so flammable um but you do you know like i think like it is one of those things particularly with whales away as well it is one of the it is sort of like a you know i i always feel like it's it's almost like the fight club sort of nod when you like you walk around and you see like someone in like you see someone who's got like the 1984 the 1980 the 1980 adidas top and you're like you look at it and you like you can tell whether or not it's the because they've done an official re-release of that recently that you look at someone and be like well that's that's the original man he's got the original so almost like a fight club nod of like recognition like "Mm, yeah that sounds good yeah that's a nod we all know very well in this little shirt community that we have in this guy i love wearing something that rare out though i'm not sure i can wear that rare out the house yeah the best i've ever seen of that oh my god of like the nod was we just it was the first away game that we were allowed to go to after covid which was the czech republic and it was amazing thing the way that the fixtures fell was like friday night in the czech republic monday night in estonia both away oh my god it was amazing loads of people obviously went to it um but there's i don't know if you guys know the band half man half biscuit but he's got a song, uh, which is All I Want for Christmas is a Duke of Prague away shirt. Um, and we were in, a, like, it's, 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 a, it's a really good song. It's an amazing band. Um, but a friend of mine who's a huge fan uh, was like, I, I really just want to get a Duke of Prague away shirt while we're here. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll come with you. So I went on basically the hunt with him. Uh, got the bus out to, like the Duke of Prague fucking uh, <laughs> like kit shop, which is just uh, a, essentially a poor cabin on the side of a motorway. Um, but like, it's a sort of like office building and it just it looks so unassuming. And like we went in and it looks like a doctor's like waiting area. And they've just got a bunch of kits on like a hanger thing. And we were like, oh, um, have you got any uh, away kits? And he was like, and the woman was like, 
why are you here essentially like so if she was like yeah yeah i've got one i've got one so he managed to get one it fit him pretty well so he went out and he wore it that night i remember just like the like four of the biggest sort of football nerds i've ever seen just like is that a good part of the way shirt he was like nodding like yeah yes it is i was like oh this this is worth it this was worth it man it was so good it's like that was the best sort of nod of recognition i've ever seen it was so funny with bale being your favorite player did you tend to watch him um at club level as well so i mean you know he's we all have favorite players so even if we don't yeah. support them then it kind of interests us did you feel like that with Bale as well yeah absolutely man like I was really well I'm really lucky because like it's like I've lived in London for 15 years um but I also like someone like one of my oldest friends is a Spurs fan um and he's a laugh so like and I was at uni with him as well so we used to go watch Spurs like in the pub and stuff like that so I always and, I, and right now weirdly I think Spurs I've got the most friends in London who support uh, like the most supported team by my friends. So I've always had like a soft spot for Spurs. And like, that's the funny thing about speaking to like Spurs, my mates who are Spurs fans is they'll always be happy that Gareth Bale was there. So yeah, like, I mean, like I sort of follow any, well, any Welsh, it's like, it's like a bunch of, especially but Gareth Bale, but like I sort of follow any Welsh player, <laughs> whatever club they're doing and be like okay so-and-so is doing well there could he play for you know could they come and like play and that's the same as like like johnny williams just retired as well but he's doing amazing um at his club and it's just like why isn't why, why is he retired at 29 but that's the thing that there's a but I, I follow a bunch of accounts on uh on twitter as well that are just they just post wales goals like from the weekend so like whatever <laughs> whatever league would be like if there was a welsh goal you'll be able to see it which is really good um but yeah so obviously but obviously like for us as well like it doesn't take much anyway for welsh people to claim something like i'll fucking argue with people about the stonehenge stones being welsh and like have like be able to cite like historic notes and things like that where it's like so for us to claim, you know, for us to have the, you know, arguably one of the biggest players in the world at one point, like you just incredibly proud that that was, that was happening because he just fucking loves playing for Wales as well, which is even better. Like we've, we've had like big players throughout the years, you know, but nothing like him, man. The crazy thing is the start of his career. Do they use the word Jonah outside of yeah. Scotland? If I say that, do you know what that means? What is yeah. That? Or it's like a bad luck charm. If you're a Jonah, right? Okay, yeah. It means it, yeah, you know. So you remember him at Southampton? He was terrible, and then he went to Tottenham. And what was it that they hadn't won a game that he'd started in something ridiculous, like ten, fifteen games? And then all of a sudden, it was like he woke up one morning, got through puberty, and was the <laughs> fucking best player in the world. It was mental. Yeah, it's amazing. Went like, I was watching, you know, and they were like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, I love the um. There's this one guy who does like uh, Spurs uh, compilations on Twitter, and he he did one <laughs> compilation that was just like Bale scoring outside of the box for Spurs, and it's just like the best reactions ever uh, um, to him being like just watching these amazing goals going in. But yeah, it must have been incredible to then just go. Who is this guy? <laughs> like, what is happening? And he was a left back. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And he's one of the yeah, best that... forwards ever lived. Yeah, that is the that's the mad thing, isn't it? Which I think is kind of 
like brilliant it's like he was a left back <laughs> and then but like looking at where he went to what like what happened to him as well I mean like to think that is absolutely incredible I mean, he's got to be one of the most successful British players in the Champions League, right? Is he? Did he yeah. get four before Five, he left? Technically, I think he has to yeah. be the most successful, doesn't he? Surely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to kick this argument off. Scott Gav is a huge David Beckham fan. Uh, amazingly, considering right. he's Scottish, he's got every David yeah. Beckham kit. But there's an argument you see on Twitter, you know, when accounts are looking for a, to rile up a bit of hatred, yeah. and they always ask. Who's the better <laughs> Brit, Beckham or or Bale? But we're not going to get into that. I've just teased you all. We're not going to get into that. We'll be here all night. But... Bale, Bale got to play for Wales, so I feel like straight away. You know, <laughs> uh, he's definitely the better laugh. And I, I, to be fair, I love David Beckham as well. But um, I don't know. I feel like I'll watch. I'd rather watch a compilation of Bale being amazing than a compilation of Beckham being amazing. But then I am also... I understand quite biased there. So. <laughs> He's more Bale is more flair though. Yeah, Beckham's more Beckham's more beautiful to watch in terms of precision, whereas Bale's just wild and explosive. So you can yeah. you can see who'd be the most entertaining to watch a highlight reel anyway. You know who Absolutely. the way to decide this ultimately is who had the better man bun. That's the way you could really <laughs> separate the wheat from the chaff of those two. But well, that's go. the thing that also is like <laughs> Beckham is obviously just one of the most beautiful men that's ever lived. Like, you know, <laughs> we we don't get a lot of that many be- like people of that caliber growing up in South Wales, mate. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned there briefly, Scott, you mentioned Bale's probably career low, that little spell he had at Tottenham before exploding. And of course, five Champions League winners medals under his belt unbelievable he career he had but possibly i don't know gav you'll be best place to tell us we're going to talk about euro 2016 yeah. when wales go to the finals gareth bale leads the charge is that his finest period moments in a welsh shirt i mean it's got i think he would probably say it was as well like you know you know like obviously like but the, but then also everybody wanted everybody wants to qualify for a world cup as well so i feel like just doing that would be i guess that would that's got to come close as well and i know you know our run in the world cup wasn't great but you know he got a goal in there as a penalty but um but yeah i feel like that the euro 2016 thing is incredibly special um in so many different ways it's like our first major tournament uh since the 50s um and then to go you know as far as we did um it's just incredible. I mean, like that's just an absolute like Hollywood story. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that you, you mentioned earlier, you're like, you know, you have a soft spot for Wales. Every single person that I work with, all of my mates were Welsh. Like they just, because also as well, I feel like I always feel really bad. Like I've been in London for 15 years, but I always feel really bad for my English mates who are into football because it's like, if you support England, you're like, oh, okay. It's not the same. It would be like, I fucking bang on a sport in Wales to anybody who listen. Where if like if you support England, you're like I support England, you know, because it like, <laughs> comes with you know the it comes with a lot of like negative baggage, you know, um, in a way that just Wales doesn't. Um, and I, I think like yeah, I I just think it just looked like we were just having the best time ever, you know, like and like 
because and I think you know a lot before that and because of that and afterwards it, everybody there's so many players in that team that have played together for so long that it does feel like you're watching a team of best mates play and I think like as if you're a neutral to watch that I think it's incredible I remember like during uh the Euro was it Euro it's technically still Euro 2020 right but it was not happening in 2021 I remember like uh, after our game against Turkey which is just one of my favorite games ever um Mundial put a thing up that was just like is like is our Wales just the most likable team ever um and obviously lots of people reply and go absolutely not no but I mean I think it's one of those things where it just feels like it's quite a fun thing to say you know to watch Wales play because it does feel like you watch like you know when we put up our I feel like the FAW have done such an amazing job in the last few years of just absolutely nailing it sounds like such a wanky thing to say but just absolutely nailing like social media and like the videos they put out and things and there's a company uh in Wales called Tiny Welsh Media and they do all the filming and everything just looks incredible it's got this amazing look and every time they put a video out of us just walking around fucking Azerbaijan it looks like we're on like a school trip or a stag do or something. It's just like people constantly fucking about and just having a laugh. Um, and I think a lot of that is due to 2016. So I think like, you know, that us get not only getting there, but doing so well was just brilliant. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll always be a bit sad that we couldn't have just done a better job at the World Cup. But I think, you know, get actually in that time from the Austria game to the Ukraine game and all the build-up over that summer was just one of my favorite times ever of being a Welsh fan. Um, because I think we do, we do build up really well, and we um, we do and we do you know like we love like like even at the game before the Iran game out in Qatar, like it was the early game. So people out at like eight o'clock in the morning meeting down like on the main sort of drag in Qatar, like just singing. It was just full of Welsh fans, man. It was just beautiful. And, you know, it, it, I, I think a lot of people say maybe it didn't have the magic maybe of France. Um, but, I mean, I didn't get to go to France, sadly. Um, which always be like a big, big mistake that I made. But I was in so much debt and I, I was just like, there's no way that I can do it. Whereas now I've been like, I should have just got a bunch of credit cards and stuck it all in that, which a lot of my mates did do and are still paying off. So... <laughs> One thing I've got to say, you said you're a big fan of the Adidas era, Welsh shirts. Mm. And I mean, to me, again, please don't shout at me, but as a neutral, that 2016 home shirt is, it's nothing too out of the ordinary to me. You know, it's a red shirt, white trim, the three white stripes. Do you think then that this kit is really fondly thought of because of the success on the field more than the design or anything like that? I think it's definitely... It's definitely thought of because of the success, but I also just think it's a really, really nice kit. I just think it's clean. It's it. It looks like something that you would just wear anyway, um, which I always think is a good thing about kits. And I think, it, but I, I get, I do sort of get your point though that it is quite a simple kit. Um, in a way that our ones after that definitely weren't like our twenty twenty one. Um. Like there was a lot going on in there, um, and then our 2022 one is just 
sort of wild, but I I love it. Um, the home, not the away. I can't stand the away. Um, but I feel like it's sort of cursed because of the Iran game, and I'm not the only person that thinks that either. But I, I feel like yeah, you look at like our 2020 Adidas ones, and I think what we went for there was just something completely different. There's a lot of people going like. Oh, it looks a bit like the sort of yellow, like orange kind of looks a bit like Spainy, but I don't think that's a bad comparison to be fair. I think it's just a stunning shirt, but I, I do kind of get it. Like it, it because the players played with their names on the front as well, like n- numbers on the front. Um, So if you don't have that on, it does look a bit, it could look a bit bare, but not, but I feel like red and white always just looks incredibly clean anyway, Um, especially with the Adidas three stripes on there. I loved the cuffs on that one as well. They had like that mm. big chunky cuff that looked class as well. But I think yeah. you're always going to have, and we've spoken about this a lot, Tom, but a lot of shirts come as the, the popularity comes with those memories. And yeah. I think, I mean, if you, you know, if you look at any, everybody loves the Cinderella story. And there's a mm. few, and I mean, sorry, Tom, you won't ever understand this because you're an England fan and yeah. you make it every year and never win it. So it's kind of different. <clears throat> but these smaller nations that, you know, that getting there is big enough for them. So to, so for that that Wales run to get to the semis, I mean, that, it, it's like the Morocco run this year at the World Cup, you know. Yeah. These nations that aren't used to getting that far, it just, the, the buzz that you guys had must have been, I mean, fuck, Scotland have never got out of the group, so we've never, we're just happy yeah. to be there. <laughs> but we've never had that. I can't imagine what the place would have been like getting to the semis. It must have been incredible. Like, I mean, I was watching a lot of it in the London Welsh Centre and like it, London Welsh Centre, like I would, if anybody lives in London and even as a neutral, I would recommend going to watch Wales Sport because it's essentially, it's in King's Cross, but it's essentially like a community centre um, in Wales. Like they've got curry and chips at half time. They only serve like Wrexham Lager, uh, basically, uh, which sort of does my head in a bit because <laughs> it tastes like shit. Um <laughs> It's like just have Guinness for God's sake. Um, but it's it, like watching those games there, it was just unbelievable. And then I, I obviously then had to watch all of the next Euros there as well. And you know, like I have some amazing memories from that. But yeah, like watching, it, I think like so many of my friends were just selling everything they had, borrowing money from everybody just to be there or be close to it, which I, thought, I just thought was just incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I do sort of take your point and like, that'll always have like a, like, I think it because of that, I'll always have a special like memory. But at the same time, you know, we didn't do great at this World Cup, but I think our kit, I think our kit was one of the best that was there uh, at this World Cup, obviously, again, quite biased. Um, and I, even though we didn't do great out there, like, I'll, I think I'm, I'll still wear that kit incredibly proudly because it's our World Cup shirt. Um, yeah. And I've never had one of those before. <laughs> I mean, it brings me on nicely to what I wanted to talk about next, which is that World Cup, because you went out there, Gav, and it, it must have been amazing, as yeah. you touched on. And I, I know you said, I think you might have just said that you're not a huge fan of it, but I think that away kit that you had, I know you associated perhaps with a bad result, but I think it's lovely. The kind of throwback collar, the details around it, I think it's such a nice, smart shirt. And the home is, is a great one too, I think. But yeah, but strong. You know what it was is it's because <clears throat> they were teasing so much stuff around the kit and like to the point where like and they really were teasing it as like, like lots of people thought they were just generally just going to bring back 
the 1990 Umbro design with it all along the top with the collar as well. Like I just love the collar stuff that's going on. Like I, I, I generally think like Arsenal's current home kit is one of my favorite Premier League kits ever. It just, I, I love the collar on it. I just think it looks really, really good. And I was just like, looking at that going, we could have that. We're red and white. Come on. Just like, give us that. <laughs> um, but I, I just think like, as much as I, I, I do like what they did with, I, it just felt like, it was almost like token, just throwback rather than actually doing something cool with it. I also, I've got a really big problem with us playing in white because I just associate white with England. Um, yeah. And so I've, I'd always rather our away kit be something completely different. Like our away kit in 2020 was just absolutely stunning. Like the yellow one or the gold, mm. essentially. Like that's just brilliant. Um, I think that's an absolutely stunning kit. Um, but, but yeah, I just I wasn't that massive a fan. I mean, it was everywhere though out there, um, and everyone wore it for the Iran. I didn't. I haven't bought that, but everyone bought it for the Iran game, basically. So then, everyone has since gone right. We're never wearing that again. There's one story I know that happened to you when you was in Qatar, and Scott, I don't think yeah. we'll be aware of this, but I'm looking forward to seeing his face when I tell this story because yeah. you mentioned earlier your favorite Welsh shirt, perhaps the 1984. Sure. Yeah. But you gave that away in Qatar, didn't you? I did, yeah. So I gave it away because on yeah, I gave it away. I because I, honestly, like the cool thing I've I've said this like a million times to people, but um the cool thing about Qatar, it, once you put, you know, the fact that it's a morally reprehensible country, like once you put that to the side, <laughs> um <laughs> if you can, um the cool thing about the way that it was, was it was all in one place. So, you know, you didn't just play your group games and then hopefully move on to somewhere else. And, you know, then you didn't just see the three other teams, you know, you, everyone was in the same place. You just saw, I mean, I met someone from every single country that was at the World Cup, which is fucking cool. And you walk around every day and people are literally just shouting at you from across the street, Wales, Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale. And like, Gareth, but like out there as well on the buildings, they had a bunch of play. They had every captain on one of the players, and the bail was in a particularly cool place. And people were just congregating there. People would come up and just like from different countries, well, can we get a photo? Can we get a photo? And be like, yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. Like you honestly stopped constantly to have a photo um, because you're wearing a different shirt. And it wasn't just for Welsh fans; it was for loads of different things, you know. And everyone would basically go to their games in their stadiums. And then go to the fan park afterwards because from half past six in the night you could buy booze and it was outside, and it was so it was essentially like a festival. But instead of having and they did have bands and that on, I think fucking Blue played there one night. Um, they would have like uh, bands and stand-ups on, and then they would show every game. So they would show both late games. So obviously, like one of the games was ten o'clock kickoff. So by that point people are quite pissed. So it was a really, really good atmosphere in this fa- like fan park. It was like a little festival, but instead of like bands as being as the main headliner, you get to watch just amazing football. One of the first days we went there was the Saudi Arabia-Argentina game. And like, it was just incredible because it just, just felt like, it, honestly, it just felt like every single person from the stadium went immediately to the fan park to get pissed. Um, and like, I met a guy there who had this like, uh, sort of in case of emergency break glass like cigar like half smoked cigar around his neck on a chain on a gold chain and i think it was like something like he'd smoked some of it with his dad 
dad when his son was born. He smoked some of it on the day that, of his wedding. And he told his dad on his deathbed. This is all fucking sounds made up, but every single person had a story like this. And it's like, but he told his dad that I'll apparently he told his dad on his deathbed, I'll smoke this the day the Saudi Arabia beat Argentina in the World Cup. And I'm like, oh, so you should be smoking it up, man. And he's like, yeah. And he opened it in front of him and then he started like smoking it up. It was fucking awesome. So shit like that was happening all the time because, and then, and then people will wind you up as well. Like I met so many Iranian people that like we went there the day after our game um, where we lost 2-0 and we, we went there and like, Iranian people coming up to you and being like, like saying something. I was like, I can't quite understand. Then he'd be like, wait, where's, uh, where, where's Gareth Bale? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And then he'd just be like, he's in my pocket and give me the fucking finger and stuff. And I'm like, do you know what? Any other time that might have wound me up. I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of into this. But this guy came over to me on one of the days. It wasn't one of our game days. We'd just gone there anyway. And um, I think it was. It might have been Brazil, Portugal. And uh, he came over to me and he he was a Brazilian guy. And he was like, um, oh, my, my dad's been to like every World Cup for the last 10 World Cups. And he always swaps his shirt with someone. Um, can he swap his shirt with you? And like his dad was old. He was an old guy and he could like barely speak any English. Definitely couldn't speak Welsh. Um, and was like, and I was like, I was like, yeah, of course. So like, I, I sort of thought about it for a second, and then was, was like, no, no, you got to do this. This is amazing. Yeah. So I swapped it with him, and it's in, like, it's it's definitely not official, but it's this sort of like tattered old Brazilian shirt um, that I swapped with his dad, and, uh, and then I learned, as I've told you earlier, that I don't do not look good in yellow. Um, uh, and yeah, I ended up coming home with a Brazil shirt, which is in my, is in my, like, I've got like a section of my wardrobe, which is all just sports shirts. And then it's just, there's a couple of yellow ones. And then there's this bright yellow one, which is this Brazilian shirt, which I'm sure I'll ne- like in, unless I somehow magically drop about four stone, um, then I probably won't be wearing it, but it was an amazing <laughs> moment. And we took loads of photos and stuff together and his dad, you know, it, it was over the, absolutely over the moon. Um, with it as well which is really good but yeah like i, I end up losing story, my, yeah yeah I've, I've not i've not replaced it yet but it was like a friend of mine he swapped his current yeah he swapped his 2022 um wales home kit with someone after the england game for an argentinian one and that is 100 percent not real <laughs> <laughs> like, he said he said it basically broke apart as soon as he watched it for the first time <laughs> but uh <laughs> but it's you know there was loads of stuff like that just happening constantly which was really really nice like it felt like a really nice atmosphere out there even though it was a very very strange place to be
I've I've got yeah. to ask you, Gav, before we finish this, obviously RKG yeah. video games, a lot of your career has been dedicated to that. Gareth Bale, of course, famously made it onto the front cover of PES 2016. Yeah. How was that as a as a Welsh fan, as a person into video games? Are you a PES fan? Was that a big moment or yeah, I mean it was a huge moment, but I'm not massive, I'm not massively into football games, but I do have that. I like I've got a box copy of that. Do you know what I mean? And I I remember um I actually went on to like BBC Radio because like now and again I'll get called up onto BBC Radio. It's basically like anything like tech or video games related, and they need a Welsh language speaker. Then I'll get I'll get the nod, which is very cool anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got called up onto it, and I remember like it was like seven o'clock in the morning, it was, like a breakfast show, and it, um at the time they had uh, I can't even remember who it was, but anyway, like I ended up like they were just like, is this a big deal? And I was like, this is one of the biggest video games in the world. Like I was like, of course, it's a big deal. It's massive. Like I'm just like reeling off all the other people who've ever been on the cover, you know. Like, and I just feel like to be able to go into a shop and buy one of the you know most famous video games thing with a Welsh person on the front in a Welsh kit is absolutely unbelievable. Like I, I think like we, as I said, like I'll claim the fucking Stonehenge stones, like that are Welsh. You know what I mean? Well, then, but Gareth Bale actually gave us actual things to be proud of not stuff that i had to like <laughs> just go Ooh, actually these are welsh <laughs> yeah it'd be like it's not like me trying to claim like christian bale as as welsh because he does not want to be welsh even though he spent a lot of his youth but like if i say you know i'm not claiming batman is welsh so i do but like gareth bale actually gave us things to be actually proud of because he is 100 welsh which is absolutely fucking incredible so the final question, and what we do is we ask every guest if they could pick any player in any kit, what would it be? What? This is amazing. I can pick anything. Yeah, any player, any kit you want. I will pick Mark Hughes in the 1984 home kit. Uh, because he scored in it against England. <laughs> It's called the winning goal against England on the 2nd of May, 1984. So I'll pick that kit that he wore doing that. See, even I can begrudgingly admire and mention a Sparky as a Chelsea fan. <laughs> Love the man. Yeah, Love and him. as a United I approve as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Amazing. Brilliant, Gav. And then finally, just before we sign off, please, everyone, go and check out RKG on YouTube. Gav's Twitter page, which is... Gav, can you pronounce that again for me, please? Kamrogav, so it's C-Y-M-R-O-G-A-V, yeah. And then if I can ask you for one last little favour, could you please say they think it's all over, it is now in Welsh for us? Uh, Yeah, so I think it's also, if I get this wrong, like even though Welsh is my first language, I get a lot of things wrong. I've lived in London for 15 years, so please, if you are Welsh and listen to this, just give me a little, give me a little slack. I believe that it is Manuel Borgidrosov, Mayanaur. Amazing. Thank you so much, Gav. I really enjoyed it. Ah, no worries. Thanks, guys. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was really, really good to hear the fans, uh, a Wales fan's perspective of, of what they think about Gareth Bale, because obviously for all of us on the outside, yeah, he's a superstar, but I guess unless, you know, a, a nation like Wales and not used to that sort of 
superstar status. They've had a few in the past, obviously, who have been big players, but nothing like Gareth Bale. So, to, yeah, to hear it and to hear the passion for, for the Wales as well, it was, it was an interesting perspective to, to hear. Yeah, really enjoyed that. And his actual passion for the game as well, Sean through there, you know, travels travels with the great red ball, isn't it? And, um, yeah, just really great to hear people giving us some football chat. That's what we're here all, all here for, isn't it? So really enjoyed that, Tom. Yeah, I've been a big fan of Gavs for a number of years for various different mediums, but I felt like he got our sense of humour, Scott, didn't he? He very much joined in with the swearing and the, and the taking the piss. So, yeah, it was, it was a, a very good chat, one I really enjoyed. We definitely had a small nation bond. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it only took 60 episodes for a guest to actually uh, get your sense of humour, Tom and Scott. But well done, we got there in the end. <laughs> Speaking of humour, we thought we'd finish off with a, a bit of fun again, like we did last week. Mike, you've got something for us. Yeah, like I, a little while ago, we did a little would you rather question. Uh, and I, I quite enjoyed it. So I've, I've got another one for you. So this week's would you rather is, would you rather only collect shirts from one club or only ever be able to own one shirt from any club i've been thinking about this one a lot and it is a really so whilst you boys have your your think about it because obviously this is the first time you've heard this question oh no tom tom wants to go straight in let's hear it i think i can answer this straight away i think i would rather have one from lots of different clubs because I think I've mentioned it before on this pod. I love the classics. I love a black and white Juventus shirt. I love a red and black AC Milan shirt. I love a blue Chelsea shirt. So I think I would like to just have one classic or one kit that I really love from each team that I like. And I just, I like football. It it reminds me of all sorts of different memories and and moments, mementos. So I would, I don't even need to think about it. I would definitely do that 100%. I'm su- I'm surprised you were able to answer it so quickly because I'll be honest with you, I'm still struggling. I mean, I think p- when I first thought about this, when I thought immediately, I thought I'd go all one club because I love a one club collection. I think it's incredible to see it all in one place when you and when you check them boxes or you find a particular one. But then I realised the big flaw in that one is I wouldn't be able to pick between Villa and Bayern. So then I'm I'm really struggling from that point of view as well. And I think I just about came round to the same way of thinking as you did and I and I thought to myself I'd probably be it would be easier for me to pick my favorite Villa shirt and my favorite Bayern shirt than to pick whether I have Bayern or Villa or even Cheltenham or even my wizard shirts for for example so yeah I think I'm, I'm, I'm on the same lines as you. So I think I'm sort of like in a unique place to answer this because my Italian shirt collection, I started off by getting, not started off, but my sort of side collection was getting one shirt from every team that's played in Serie A since Football Italia. So I've sort of gone down there having at least one shirt for every team. And then, um, as you all know, a, a fair size Roma collection and, and a couple of other teams are sort of getting up there now. Yeah, so if I had the choice of which would I give up, I'd give up all the individual teams and keep the Roma collection, I think, and keep buying Roma shirts. Um, yeah, although I'm yeah, thinking about it, it's, that is tough. I might change my mind if you ask me again next week, but I, I think that's where I am at the moment. This is like, I mean, it's similar to you and your Bayern and Villa, Mike, but my, the two biggest parts of my collection are my David Beckham collection and my Man United, because I, I think I'm only too short from having every kit from 92 
for Man U, and obviously I have every single shirt Beckham wore throughout his career, club career. I think the, the hard way to look at it is, if you think about it from the three of yours perspective, if you, the way to look at it, Mike, is by answering the question, you have to give away the shirts you already have. And I, I'm not sure. I mean, I've got, same as you, Tom. I mean, I've got Zidane, Juventus shirts. I've got Ronaldo, original Ronaldo PSV shirts and Barca shirts. And I wouldn't be able to have any PSG Jordan. That's a, that's a really, do you know, I think I'd, I mean, I think there've been some fucking shit Man United kits through the years. There's been some absolute belters, but there's been some humdingers. So I think I would, I think I'd have to go for the one from each club because then at least I'd be able to keep at least, you know, five, six of the Beckham shirts instead of having to <laughs> get rid of the most of them. I think I would have to go with one from each team as opposed to just one team. But that's hard. If you, if you made me actually give away the shirts by answering the question, I don't that's think what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking now. Well, okay, which one PSG shirt you keep? Which you know, which of the rest go? I bet you could. I th- bet you could answer I th- that. I think yeah. that's that. That's the difficulty with it, isn't it? It's like obviously it's all hypothetical. But I think what's good about just asking these questions, even just for a bit of fun, is it actually starts to make you think about why you collect. Because you, 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 like Tom said, Tom touched on it perfectly. That I think ultimately, maybe the the reason the the three of us, obviously, and obviously, AD, you went the other way for now. Um, touched on it is because, like you said, we've all got our own little ways of doing it, and and like you say, the memories that are attached to shirts are one of the biggest things. So if you only had one club in your entire collection, a lot of your sort of like fondness, the nostalgia for football, would be gone with your shirt collection. So it is an interesting question to try and answer. I mean, I'm a Chelsea fan, so if I only had Chelsea shirts, I'd be even more miserable than I currently am. So <laughs> it's an easy one for me. Oh, we go. Got, got the grey matter working, and um, I know it's hypothetical, but it's good to see Scott go so pale. Just thinking of trying to answer, it looked like all the blood had gone after the blood all went to his head last week, and it all left his head this week. Yeah, uh, just just quickly as well, what we'll do, I think it might be a good idea if we're going to do these, maybe a little would you rather put pose these questions on the pod a bit more regularly. Maybe we'll throw them out on Twitter as uh, one day a week as a tweet and see what everybody else has to say about it. So, uh, yeah. But let Tom tweet it because I want to see some more one-word answers from the Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I've really been getting them this week. Really been been getting a lot of of disrespect, I feel, on Twitter this week. (laughs) And I I have to admit, I think AD's answer to that question is a very based opinion. That was good fun. That's good, good week. You know, a bit of Wales focus. We've had a few people wanting to see a Wales feature, so it's good to finally get that done and and talk about Gareth Bale. But um, what have we got coming up over over the next few weeks, Mike? Oh, that's a good question. We're putting a few different things together at the moment. Obviously, I'm still going to mention it again. We've got the. Uh... Greatest shirt of all time poll going. Those are still coming in, still getting at least one or two every day at the moment. So if you are still thinking about doing that, please, please, please get it in soon because I think maybe I'm going to give it this week, maybe one more week after that. And then I think we're going to start putting all those stats together, ready to get that together. We're still working possibly on a quiz as well. Uh, I'm finally going to sit down soon with a friend of mine who runs Malvern Town Football Club. So we're going to do a little non-league special on that. 
And then I think we're going to uh, see, well, we've got, I've got a few other things in the pipeline as well, to be honest with you, that I don't want to quite mention yet. I'm going to keep it in the can just in case it doesn't work out. We've definitely got a few ideas. But whilst I've got the mic, I would just like to give a quick shout out as well. So Paul from Football Kitbox uh, kindly sent me a buy and training shirt this week, um, which he didn't even charge me for, which is really nice of him. So I'm actually going to make a donation to charity as a thank you for that. Um, but also I got chatting to him and he mentioned he's part of the uh, KitCon that's going on in Ireland soon. So on Sunday, the 16th of April, there is a, a convention. And basically, if, if you're able to get there or you live close by because i know we we've got quite a good listenership in ireland to be honest with you so get yourself down there it'd be interesting there's some some good collectors going down with some amazing shirts to show off and if you want to get tickets get onto kitconire.com general admission is 10 quid students and oaps is five and under 12s are free so yeah get yourself on there and get down and see some cool football shirts and friend of the pod glenn joyce is going to be speaking at it as too and we all know how good his stories are Imagine Glenn Uncensored. I'll tell you what, that is worth your aeroplane ticket and your mission alone. I don't care where you're tra- travelling from, that, that's going to be um, a fun session. Well, yeah, because, I mean, I'm sure he won't mind us saying, when he spoke to us a couple of weeks ago, he was on the red wine and he got a little bit looser as that pod went on. So if he's in Ireland, I've got a feeling the Guinness is going to be flowing and you are going to hear all sorts of stories, maybe even some of the stuff he wasn't comfortable enough telling us on the pod. Tom, we've got uh, a football manager as well coming soon, haven't we, with international flavour to it? Yes, we do. We have an international manager who's an absolute globetrotter. He's been all over the world doing all sorts of different things, and I'm currently reading his book, so I'm glad that he's delayed slightly because it means I can catch up on my commute. We've also got an international footballer, and I'm also talking to someone this week about squad numbers, so we'll you have to have a nice little chat about squad numbers, maybe throw in a quiz, but we'll wait and see. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up. Really, really looking forward to some of that. So Sounds great. Um, Scott, you wanted to say a few words. You dropped us a note the other day and, and felt bad that we didn't say thank yous at the end of last week's show. Yeah, but first of all, I better get my top five shirts in because I still haven't done it. If you're going to close the poll. Um, but yeah, uh, we'd just like to say again, you know, we've made it to episode 60 and we wouldn't have done that without people listening and enjoying what we do. And we all really have fun making it. And we just want to say thank you again to everybody. So if you could please subscribe and like and, you know, keep keep interacting with us because that's why we do it. That's the best bit. You know, when we <clears throat> when we throw up tweets, we're not doing it for interaction. We're doing it because we genuinely love this hobby. So when we ask us to show you your football shirts, we, we genuinely are interested and we love reading the threads and seeing the football shirts. And lastly, if anybody's got any ideas or any content that they would like to hear, then, you know, throw us some suggestions because we're always looking for new guests and we all just love speaking about football. So if you have a, a football topic, whether it's shirt related or book related, anything, and you would like us to explore that and try and find some content, then please give us a shout and we will do our best to bring that to you. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Scott. That was emotional. Um, Have a good week, everyone. They think it's all over. He's not going to do it, is he? He even paid us a compliment about being Italy. I know. I just... just, uh, It is now. Fuck off, Scott. Keep your red socks. (laughs) 